Well, Christmas brings with it, as we know, all sorts of beauty and challenges, and I think it's different for all of us, Uh, but I believe that our Heavenly Father wants us to make sure that we remember all that is offered to us because Jesus was born. And one of the things that I want to talk about today is the arrival of joy. And so let me ask you on the onset of this, how is your joy level currently? Uh, Where are you at on that? Right? I bet if we were to take a vote, it'd probably be all over the place, right? All over the map when it comes to joy. And I think part of the problem is that we tend to equate happiness with joy. But they are really two totally different ideas because they each spring from a different source. Uh, one comes from the world around me, and the other originates directly from the arrival of Jesus. And so your very first fill in happiness is actually conditioned by and often dependent upon what is happening to me. Isn't that true? Happiness is conditioned, and oftentimes it is dependent upon what is happening to me. That's how we kind of view the happiness of our life. Uh, This last week, I took my youngest son, he's four years old, I took him to the Dollar Tree to go Christmas shopping. And I brought him in, and I said, buddy, you can pick anything anything in this whole store for your brothers and your sisters and your grandpas and grandmas, and I'll even let you pick out one for yourself, right? Do, those of you that have kids, did you love the age when you could just bring them to the Dollar Tree and let them get whatever they want, right? And they fell for that. And, uh, you know, now my older kids, they're beyond that. And so thankfully, there's five below, thank God. And so now we're bringing them to five below to pick out some gifts. Uh, but so Paxton and I were shopping in the Dollar Tree, and we're, you know, we got our basket, and we're filling it up, and he's picking out all the toys for his brothers and his sister and everybody. And he was so happy. He was so thrilled. And then we got home, and we decided that we were going to wrap the gifts together. And so he was helping me with the tape, and we were doing all this. And all of a sudden, he started to cry. I said, buddy, what's wrong? And he said, I don't want my brothers to have these toys. I want them for me. And uh, began the discussion of reminding him that this is what Christmas is. We give to others, and, and he wasn't having it. And so for the rest of the wrapping, he was sobbing his eyes out because he wanted the toys and not his brothers. And interestingly enough, right, he just went from happiness to sadness just like that. Uh, And I think the truth is, we aren't all that different as adults, are we? Uh, If people tend to treat me good, if things are going well in my life, if things are going great at work, then I'm happy, right? And we tend to equate happiness with all of the circumstances around us. If my circumstances are good, then I'm happy. If it's favorable towards me, then I'm happy. And so we tend to live in this way where our happiness is very circumstantial. Joy, on the other hand, throbs throughout Scripture as this profound, compelling quality of life that transcends our circumstances, it transcends disasters, it transcends events that are unfavorable to us. As we know, those things come our way, don't they? And this is something that Mary, the mother of Jesus, had to confront from the very beginning when she was interrupted by something that she wasn't expecting. So let me ask you, have you ever had interruptions in your life that you weren't expecting that maybe robbed some joy from you, at least for a season? Right? Interruptions in our life. Maybe you thought that you were about to be an empty nester 
And lo and behold, here came a kid to come back to live with you. Uh, Or maybe you sold the crib only to find out that you were pregnant again unexpectedly. Or maybe you thought the plans were finalized when a surgery popped up or a transfer in your job or unexpected news comes along. Or maybe this week, even your crazy cousins called and said, could we stay a few extra days? You know, lots of interruptions in life that have the potential to steal our joy. And it was no different for Mary. Here she is, a teenage girl, engaged to the love of her life, Joseph. And I'm sure in her mind, she has played out the wedding ceremony and she's played out their life and where they're going to be and where they're going to live and what they're going to do. When all of a sudden, a big interruption came into her life. An angel showed up and told her something that would change the course of her life forever. And we pick up the story in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and it reads this way. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary was greatly troubled at his words, as would you and I be, right? If an angel shows up and starts talking to you, she's greatly troubled and wondered what kind of greeting this could be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him his throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Wow. Talk about an interruption in your life. Right? Talk about something that you weren't expecting. And this actually caused panic for both Mary and Joseph. Uh, in fact, Joseph, when, when he found out that Mary was pregnant and he knew it wasn't his, this caused so much panic for him that his initial plan was to divorce her and to go a different way. None of this was going according to their plans. And I'm sure there were many days that their circumstances were robbing them of happiness the unknowns, the future, letting go of their expectations, letting go of what they foresaw. And even in the middle of this, strangely enough, the baby in her womb would be the one to establish joy over happiness. It's the arrival of joy that Jesus offers to us. And so if we were to define it, we'd do it this way, and this is your next fill-in here, that joy is a spiritual dimension of living that is not dependent on circumstances. That doesn't sound very fun, does it? Doesn't. But it's true. Joy is a spiritual dimension of living that's not dependent on the circumstances around us. It's not about what is happening to me, but rather what God has put in me. And there's a big distinction between the circumstantial happiness 
and a joy that flows through us. And this is how the Apostle Paul would describe it in Romans 15, 13. He said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What an amazing verse to think about, that the God of hope wants to fill you with all joy. It's interesting that this verse doesn't say, may your monthly bank statement fill you with all joy. How many of you are glad that that doesn't say that, right? Because we'd be depressed, right? Interesting enough, it doesn't say, may the side of the bed you get up on fill you with all joy. Or may your work environment and how your career is going fill you with all joy. It doesn't even say, may the person you married fill you with all joy. Right? Now, I don't know about you and your spouse, but I for sure bring all joy to my wife every day of her life. And in fact, every single day when I wake up, she turns to me and says, Ryan, my joy is complete because of you. It's very touching. And if you believe that, we'll pray for you after service. (laughs) No way, right? No way. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy as you trust in him. And so here comes a very penetrating question that we have to ask. Who or what do you look to for happiness when you wake up in the morning? Where do you find your joy? Paul says that if we focus on God and we trust in him, that we may be filled with joy, that we may be filled with peace, and we may be filled with hope. That's what he offers to us. And I've seen this example even in my mom's life, and I just want to bring her. Some of you know my mom, and she's awesome. She's like the best in the world. But, you know, my mom, she had it rough growing up. Um, You know, her dad died when she was a teenager, and Her mom had such bad arthritis that she was bound to a wheelchair, and she ended up being a caretaker even as a teenager for her mom. She was the only one in the house. And and throughout all those struggles and difficulties, and even later on in life, she's had some health issues and back surgeries. And in fact, many of the days, she's in a lot of pain. And yet there's this joy that exudes out of my mom. If you know my mom, you know this is true. There's this joy that exudes out of her. And it's not based on circumstances. And you go, it's such an example for me. It's such an example for the people that are around her, this joy that just kind of continues through her no matter what else is going on. And the question becomes, how does that happen? How do you arrive in that place? Well, it's when you realize that it all begins in your heart. I'm not talking about your beating heart that's keeping you alive. I'm talking about your heart that centers your life, where your soul and your spirit reside. Where does your joy come from. Because here's the sobering truth, and it's your next filling, that if your joy comes from something temporary, then your joy will be temporary. (laughs) That's profound, isn't it? I know you came all the way for that. Uh, That's as good as I got, though, this morning right here. If you place your joy in something temporary, then your joy will only last as long as that thing. It's temporary. Yet oftentimes we find ourselves in that place. For many of us, we have put our joy in temporary circumstances and how we think our life is going. Uh, Some of us are so discontent with the, the way our lives are progressing 
We find our joy slipping right with it. It could be that your expectations for your marriage haven't been met or maybe it's your kids aren't living the way they should. Or perhaps you don't have everything you want, a bigger house, a nicer car, a better job. And oftentimes we think, well, if I, if I can only get a better job, then I'll really be happy and joyful. And, or if I could just get a bigger house, or if this could happen, or if this could happen, then maybe I would be full of joy. But the truth is we've found ourselves without joy because we think it's tied to temporary things, and it's not. And maybe you've heard people say, listen, even being rich doesn't bring happiness, right? You could have all the money in the world, and it's still not going to make you happy. And to that, I would say, I would at least like to give it a try. You know, I don't know about you, anybody else with me? Would you like to give it a try? I'd like to give it a try. But it's true that even that isn't going to bring us happiness. All of these things in life, they can bring us moments of happiness, which they do. They don't bring us joy. Not this eternal, life-giving joy that is not moved by the circumstances of our life. In fact, this is what Jesus said brings you and I joy. John 15, 10, and 11, Jesus said, If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. And I have told you this so that, may, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be, what's that word? Complete complete. Jesus didn't say, listen, as long as you got everything in your family figured out, then your joy can be complete. As long as you got everything financially figured out, then it'll be complete. As long as you have your career figured out, then everything will be complete. No, no, no. Jesus says this kind of joy comes only from me. It's by remaining in me and trusting in me and keeping your focus on me. And this is what Jesus invites us into in this Christmas season in the chaos of it all. Because truth be told, even probably this week, there's going to be some interruptions into your plans, interruptions into your family, interruptions into your finances, for sure, if not already, right? There's going to be some interruptions. And yet Jesus invites us into this place where joy can be found. And it's your next fill-in, that if you and I choose to remain in Jesus by keeping our focus and our obedience in him, our joy will be complete can be complete if we remain, keep our focus, we keep trusting. Because this kind of joy can only come from our relationship with our Heavenly Father, not on our circumstances around us. But here's what I know about some of you, is that maybe you're thinking this morning, listen, Ryan, I might agree with you, but there's no way that God could truly care about my joy because he's so mad at me for the bad decisions that I've made in my life. And if that thought passes through your mind, maybe this kind of joy and satisfaction is reserved for other people, could I just tell you that nothing could be further from the truth? That the picture of God that you might have in your mind with anger in his eyes and a sledgehammer in his hands just waiting to crush you, it's not who God is. In fact, Zephaniah 3.17 says this, that the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. 
What a strange thought and concept. That God loves us so much that when he thinks about us, he breaks out into song, singing over us. That's hard to believe, isn't it? I love how the Living Bible version paraphrases this verse. It asks this question, is that a joyous choir I hear? No, it is the Lord himself exalting over you in happy song. Wow, that's pretty impactful. To realize that the God of heaven loves you and sings over you and wants to talk with you and be with you and spend time with you. It's amazing to think about that we can have that kind of relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so if you need a joy boost this season, your next fill-in, honestly, the greatest way to boost your joy is to spend some time with Jesus. It's the greatest way. Not looking through all of your lists of all the Christmas to-dos or the holiday parties or the lights you'll go drive by, whatever it is. No, no, one of the greatest ways to boost your joy is to spend some time with Jesus. And it happens when you refocus your life and you open up Scripture and you let it speak into your life. When you pray and you talk to him like your best friend and he listens to you. And it's in this moment that he fills you with his presence. And I know for me, there's been many, many times when I've been down and discouraged, and yet my circumstances don't change, but when I spend time with him, something changes in me. And something lifts my spirits. Something brings joy and peace to me. And I think this is what he's trying to invite us into, into this space. And it so well describes this verse in Psalm 1611 that says, God, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Not even found in a full house, full family, full holiday schedule. It says, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And so if we remain in him, we trust him, we keep our eyes on him. He invites us into this space. And that's a decision that we get to make every single day. And Jesus said, the result is that my joy can be complete in you. Now, Ryan, that's a cute thought and all. But what about when life is really hard? What about when life isn't fair? What if when there's pain and hurt, am I really supposed to be joyful in that? Because the truth is, I know for some of you, Christmas is a difficult time. It's the memory of a lost loved one. It's Christmas living out in a way that you never thought, and relationships are different or strained. I don't know what it is for you. I know that this season, though, can be a very, very hard time for some people. Or maybe it's just a hard spot in life, or maybe in 2019 you walk through some really, really painful times. Are we supposed to be joyful even in that? And I think if you find yourself in that space, that's a pretty honest and valuable question to ask. And again, it comes back to your source of joy. Because, of course, the difficulty of life does not bring anyone joy. There's nothing about your sorrow that brings you joy. There's nothing about your heartache that brings you joy. There's nothing about your pain that brings you joy. The better question is, can we still have joy 
in spite of the difficulties in life? That's the better question. And what's the answer? How do we find it? We look to Jesus, our example, the author and perfecter of our faith. And when Jesus was here on earth and his time was almost up, he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. On the night before, he would be brutally beat, crucified, killed. And he's having a very honest conversation with his heavenly father. Realizing the pain he would endure on the following day. And he was under so much stress and so much duress that he actually was sweating drops of blood. And medical experts tell us that it is possible that for you to be under enough stress that the capillaries in your forehead can burst and cause you to actually sweat blood. This was the kind of pressure that Jesus was facing on this night when he begged his father and asked him if there was any other way that humanity could be saved, any other way that our sin could be forgiven. He said, God, if there's any way that this cup could pass from me, is there any other way? And God said, no. So you talk about hardship. And you talk about hurt and you talk about rejection. And yet there's this interesting verse that I believe is written in part to encourage you and I when it comes to the interruptions of our life that steal our joy. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, and it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What an interesting sentence to read. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Was there anything joyful about his arrest? No. Anything joyful about his beating and crucifixion? No. Anything joyful about his death? No. But Jesus endured the cross. And the joy that was set in front of him was him knowing that this was not the end. That three days later there would be a resurrection. And that humanity, the sin of humanity could be forgiven once and for all, dealt with, that you and I could find freedom in him. There was joy even as he endured the cross. There was joy even as he endured the suffering because he knew what was on the other side, that he would soon be with his Father and we would be free from sin. And it's the example that he has given all of us for the circumstances of life,
that steal our joy? And so your last feeling, we can still have joy in the hardest moments of life because we are reminded that this is not the end. This is not the end. That our current circumstances aren't the end. That we can focus on the hope that Jesus, our Emmanuel, which means God with us, that he's going through it with us and he sees us in it all. That kind of knowledge brings joy beyond circumstances. To realize that I can remain in you, that my focus can be you, that my trust can be in you. And in that, there can be joy that fills my heart because I know you're with me and this isn't the end. And in spite of the hardships of this life, there awaits for us redemption in heaven forever. Eternal life where there is no pain and there is no sorrow and there is no trials a perfect place that waits for us. And Jesus demonstrated to us that our focus can be the other side of the circumstance and it doesn't have to steal our joy. Dwight L. Moody, very famous preacher, also says it well when he said this, happiness is caused by things that happen around me and circumstances will mar it. But joy flows right on through trouble. Joy flows on through the dark. Joy flows in the night as well as in the day. Joy flows all through persecution and opposition. It is an unceasing fountain bubbling up in the heart, a secret spring the world can't see and doesn't know anything about. The Lord gives his people perpetual joy when they walk in obedience to him. What a thought. This phrase of perpetual joy is an incredible phrase that we can carry with us in this season. And it's something that Mary and Joseph themselves had to learn. You think about how this interrupted their life. Because not only did it wreck their wedding plans and everything going on currently, but it changed the whole trajectory of their life. To give up those plans and to give up all of those expectations for something else that God had. And in those moments, they had choices to remain in him and to be obedient to him and focus on him. Especially for Joseph, he could have easily walked away. He could have done it, but he stayed obedient. And both him and Mary learned to trust even when none of it made sense. I mean, you think about this story and how there were many days, I'm sure. I mean, come on, it takes a long time for a baby to be born, nine, ten months. And I think sometimes when we read the Christmas story, we just think, oh, everything was sunshine and wonderful and it's Christmas and, you know, everything was great. But I can guarantee you that there were probably many, many days while Mary carried that child that was full of uncertainty, full of chaos, full of disappointment, full of heartache, full of wondering if they should keep trusting and keep going. And yet, they kept their eyes on their Heavenly Father, even when it was hard. And their joy was found in the substance of their Heavenly Father, not in their circumstances of their life. And we are invited to find our joy in the exact same place 
to change our focus from our circumstances to our Savior, to receive the joy that he is putting in us as we trust in him. And so as we close, my question for you this morning is are you pursuing happiness, which is based on your circumstances? Or are you pursuing joy that can only come from your heavenly Father? and works in us in spite of our circumstances? It's a great question. Can we pray? Do you mind just close your eyes all over this room? And I'd love if we could just for a moment, just to take 30 seconds in this space, maybe for you to reconcile this issue of happiness or joy even in this season. Maybe for you it's a prayer and a commitment that says, God, yeah, I've been looking at my circumstances for some happiness and God, I want to look to you. I want my joy to be complete because of you. It goes beyond my circumstances and goes beyond what's happening around me. And maybe you've never made a faith decision to receive this forgiveness that Jesus came and died for. But in this moment, you can. You can whisper right where you are to him that you receive his forgiveness, that you want to be his son, his daughter. And you can enter into this joy that he promises to us. So wherever you're at, let's just take 30 seconds between you and God and let's do that right now. So Heavenly Father, in the chaos of this season, as we take a moment to pause, We all want something more than happiness. It seems to be so fleeting. It seems to be so conditional. God, instead, we want to enter into this space where we can receive joy from you that is not dependent on our circumstances. And so in this moment, for every single one of us. May your joy be complete right now. As we hold on to the assurance that we can trust in you, that you're with us through it all, that this is not the end, we thank you for that kind of joy that can't be taken from us. And so for this week, God, we already know there's going to be interruptions that are going to try to steal our joy because the family thing won't go as planned and so-and-so is going to show up unannounced and the food isn't might not turn out and the gifts may be awry. I don't know, God, the family time, whatever it looks like. But in and all, you're still there. And so remind us by your Holy Spirit that even when the interruption comes and it threatens to steal our joy, would you remind us in this season that you are joy and you are in us. And that's what we hold on to. So do your lasting work in us. In Jesus' name we pray.